Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I want to start this morning in a series that I call Generation Influence. And there's a lot of things that I'm going to share over the next several weeks. So today we'll just kind of get started and uh, see how far we get. That's the good thing about a series. We kind of go as, as it flows and, and, and see where we end up. But I just really felt like the Lord really had put this upon my heart a while back and just to go through this process with you. And we're going to talk about multiple generations, and I'm going to focus on different ones over the next few weeks and weave that in along with some scripture and Bible and some stories. And uh, there's five words that I, that I put down uh, that you can write these five words down, and we, we will focus from time to time on these five words that will be important through the next several weeks. Number one is connect. Number two is the word experience. Number three, the word discover. Number four, the word unite. And the fifth word is influence. So these five words we'll be talking about and weaving into. I was thinking about the importance of us discovering the strengths of each generation and appreciate them for those strengths. So many times uh, we've heard a lot of negativity about whatever generation that we may be referring to as something negative, and we hear a lot of things in, in regards to that. There's plenty of negative things we can pick about, but what we want to do is, through the next several weeks, we're going to focus on some strengths of generations, and we're going to talk about generation influence as a, I'm going to say the word generation, including all generations, and the importance of the influence that all working together have for kingdom purpose. And so this is very critical for us, and, and as I was thinking through this, and looking at a lot of things that have to do with what's going on currently in the generation, this culture, what's happening, and there's such a quick, fast-paced movement and shift that's going on around us that our head begins to spin trying to keep up with everything and trying to figure out where where really are, are we? What generation is this? And so I think for each of us, there's this place where we have these shoes that we wear in the generation we are in. The only shoes you have walked in are the shoes of your generation. So those are the shoes that you've worn. Those are the shoes that you're, you know that you know what's going on. But is that really the way it should be? Or should we have, during our generation, have experienced walking along next to another pair of shoes, the generation before and maybe the generation after or other generations? It, is that possible? to understand the others walking in the shoes that are not part of our generation. So we'll talk about some of these things. The younger generations may say this, and we've all heard this, about the older generation or generations. They're just a bunch of old-fashioned people who are out of touch with reality, and they think they know everything. That's kind of what sort of that thing. Well, they're just old-fashioned people. They're out of touch. This is what's going on now. We, we don't need what they have. And that's kind of the things that, that are out there. Then you have the older generations that say about the younger generations, they're just a bunch of punk kids who don't really appreciate what they have. 
They really don't know anything, and they're in, they feel like they're entitled to everything. So you have this negativity that kind of goes back and forth, that really never has this coming together of strengths and trying to walk and what our purpose is in life as believers, as Christians. As we go through the next several weeks, we'll be breaking down each generation and taking a look at some of those things since the early 19th century in America, and we'll, we'll get to that over, over the, the few weeks. Lord, I pray right now for the next few minutes as we dive into some things and some thoughts that, are gonna, that I'm going to share this morning that will cause us to go home and think a little bit, to pray, to seek you, Lord, for answers. Lord, there's things that we know in your word that you've given us some answers. We're going to look into those. I pray that each one of our hearts will be open to receive what it is you have for us this morning as we are alive today. Lord, we're an influence today. You've placed us here today. Lord, I pray that you would work in each one of us and through each one of us as we unite together as a generation influence. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is faithful. He is faithful. In looking back over the last several centuries, I believe there's a particular way that we've seen the church, in general terms, the church operate. Christians typically have developed their convictions and belief systems a certain way. They've come about it a certain way. And it's been pretty much the same over the last several hundred years and kind of how it flows. Basically, people were told when they came into the church, this is what you, this is what you need to believe. These are the, the principles to follow. These are the things you need to believe. You grab a hold of it. This is how you live your life. And then everybody else is judged um, basically upon that information that you have. So you've, you've been given. Here's the, the keys or the laws or the principles to Christianity. Believe these. Live by these. And then begin to see what happens from there. And we use those things to say, oh, that person's not in the right place. They aren't, they're not doing what they should be doing. So there's this thought process. And we, so they, they think with their mind to discover what is it God has for them, which is good. Try to discover what is true. But also there's been this part or even this part that you've been told this is truth. Believe this is truth. And you just need to live your life this way. Yes. So there's that part of it. Being told what is truth and then accepting that as truth. Okay, there, This is part of what has gone on for centuries. And then we begin to align our heart with what we believe to be the truth. And so we align ourselves. And then we begin to experience an action living that out as we believe it should be. So that's kind of how it's gone for the last several hundred years. One thing, though, now we're beginning to see a shift, and I think some people are getting nervous about it. So I wanted to talk about that this morning and share some things out of the Word that will help us, because the church in Western culture for centuries has aligned with this experience of Christianity and, and how it plays out, and there's absolutely a measuring system for this, and we've been using these measuring systems for years, and I'm not saying this stuff is bad, that, that really, I'm not. Because there are definitely great truths, principles, foundations that we've all been taught and we've all learned that are great and amazing, and we just sort of have fallen into this, living this out, and, and it's been great. 
But, but I, wanna, I wanted to bring us to this thought process today of looking at maybe this a little bit different and how Jesus really, I believe, modeled and has desired for the church, not faulting anybody in the past. And again, not saying that those things are wrong because we've had definitely incredible foundational things. But I think there's some things that we can be thinking about that I think that the younger generation is beginning to kind of dive into right now, and I think it's of God, and I want to share this about this a little bit. There's now this changing or a shift in the way that we're thinking things, that we're processing things, and it's kind of upside down to what it has been for centuries in this, and I want to share this. So now what is happening is, as believers, it starts with a experience, a personal experience. So we start with this experience, and it, it's a personal or a shared experience that we have yes. that's like, wow, I've just experienced something that's incredible. So they set out on this journey, and it begins to bond hearts of people together because they begin to share their experience in this journey, and they begin to talk about it, whether it's on social media or whatever amongst themselves. They begin to talk about this experience. And then they want to know what those people around them are thinking and feeling about their experience. It's like, what are you feeling about? This is kind of what I got from this. What are you feeling about this? And then out of that, then they create their belief systems. They create their, what comes into their mind in the process. It comes out of, it's birthed out of their experience that they've had versus what I was talking about earlier is... Their belief system is structured and given to them right off the bat, and then trying to figure out how do I navigate through life in that. And I think what happened to a lot of Christians is they missed the experience of the power of the Holy Spirit and had a, in, in that shared experience, they didn't have, I'm not saying people didn't have an encounter with God, they did, but there was something that happened. It seemed like it happened so quick that you got saved and then you got this stuff put in front of you and said, these are the laws, these are the rules. Now you got to live by these things or you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> like, an, like an arrangement. But we begin now that what's going on, <laughs> what's going on is there's a generation that is experiencing something right now and they're pondering it, they're talking about it, they're, they're mulling things over, they're, they're bouncing things off each other and they're trying to gather their feelings and sense for what is really, what am I believing? What, what is real? What's real truth here? And when they begin to get a hold of that, it begins to build structure. And it goes from their heart. Then it ends up, really comes to the mind because it's in us so much. And again, I'm not trying to throw out foundation principles. I, don't get me wrong in this, please. Do not. The foundations of principles that we all know and understand, I just want to get us to possibly rethink the approach to what we're doing as believers, as Christians. The interesting thing about this, as I studied through this, is this recent shift of beginning to see is more or less mirrors how Jesus taught and demonstrated kingdom living. (laughs) You know, I don't know why maybe we didn't see this, because how many times we've all read the word over and over again, but I figured, well, let's go right to the scripture. Let's take a look at because this, what this has done for me is I, as I'm processing this through a different filter, 
I believe the Holy Spirit filter in the sense of, okay, Lord, because I want to learn new things in the sense of, God, I'm teachable. Lord, I'm not, as Jeff said, not doing the same old thing just because that's what I was taught or that it's worked, but God, what what are you really saying? What are you doing now? How can we, as a generation influence, how can we together help advance the kingdom of God and not trying to tear down other things that are going on out there. It's like, how can we find the strengths working together? It's like Lindbergh, you know, drew on the strength of his grandfather. Obviously, there was something going on that was real there. And it's like, man, I can do this. We don't, we don't want to push aside. We want to be able to remember and talk about. So often, the voices are, let's just get rid of that generation, or they're too old, they don't have value, or let's get rid of that young generation. They're ruining things for us. That's wrong. That's not a God approach. That's an enemy approach to try to bring destruction to Christianity. And I'm talking to us today about generation influence as a whole generation working together to influence for kingdom business, kingdom principles that are there in the word. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. Now, I'm guessing here, we don't know this, but I don't believe that Jesus had already built a relationship with these guys. He's walking along and sees two guys out there, okay? It doesn't say he's walking along and sees two of his friends or two of his acquaintances. He just saw two guys out there, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water. for They fished for a living. So Jesus called out to them. He said, hey, guys, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I don't know if somebody was walking along the shore and I was out fishing and somebody yelled that to me, I'll blow them off. I'm like, you're ridiculous. I don't know what this guy's been on, but go, hey, buddy, keep walking. But what they do, they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them, to come too. Also, they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. I just keep, I scratch my head. It's like, this doesn't make sense to me. But there's something that this Jesus has that's very attractive to these men. There's something that's exuding from him that just is mesmerizing, that's causing them to drop (laughs) and go. I'm like, we're going to go follow this guy. So here's a little bit of my thought process here. When Jesus began selecting his disciples, because that's really ultimately what was happening here, they didn't know, and he just was just on a stroll along the beach. Hey, guys, come follow me. I'll show you some stuff. Come on, guys. And they drop stuff and go do this. Jesus didn't gather them together, those four guys, and say, hey, quick, guys, I got to tell you this. Um, Here's my 10 points of Christianity. You've got to follow these 10 points, and if you don't, then I can't use you, of course. But here, you, you've got to get this into you. It's got to be instilled into your life. And then maybe at some point you can experience some things with me, but here's the 10 things first. You've got to get these things. So here it is. So no, what did he say? He said, hey, fellas, come follow me. Come follow me and begin to experience life with me. <laughs> Whoa, a little different. Just come and hang out with me, guys. Experience life with me. He already had a plan for them. He had it all, in, you know, the Holy Spirit. Was, God was working already. He didn't tell them anything. 
He just said, come follow me. It was later, later on in the ministry with the disciples and Jesus, it was later that they developed their conviction based on their experience with Jesus. And how does that work? It works because there's a conviction of going, man, I've experienced, there is an experience that I've had with this guy that, I, that tops everything. There's nothing that anybody could do or say or tell me that would take me away from my experience, personal experience with this man. It's amazing. So it's easy to develop convictions. It's easy to develop those things. Go, man, this, this is my go-to stuff. I have no problem following what Christ is saying to me. He didn't have to say I'm up front. See, Jesus does it the Jesus way. For some reason, man has come in and kind of messed it up over the years and said, well, I think this is how it should be. You need to get these things worked out first, and then, exp- then you can go and kind of be involved in, in the action and experience. Jesus is saying, no, don't, I don't care what's going on in your life. You guys are goofballs or whatever, but just come and ex- experience this. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just experience life with me. <laughs> Following the teachings comes so much easier when you have a transformational experience with Jesus. I tell you. There's a difference in talking to people who say they're Christians and talking to them about their heart dreams, their beliefs, their, just the things that just grab a hold of them. You know the ones that have actually had a, a, a conversion transformation experience that they've met with the maker. They've met with their master. They have a savior. They have a Lord. And they, they'll tell you versus the ones that say, yeah. I became a Christian. I just don't get this thing, though. I don't know. I haven't really had, don't see much there. They have yet to have that experience. Yes. So then, as we move forward, and this is how it will play out in the Word and how it plays out. So the disciples, they have this post-experience with Jesus. This is after now. They've hung out with him for a while. There's things that have happened. And so Jesus is talking with them again. So we're going to jump to chapter 16 of Matthew. Chapter 16, starting in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, I love Jesus because he asks questions all the time. The first question was, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's just asking a general question, what do other people say about me? When I first read this, I've read this before, and I just think, well, that's just like, like a bonus question or something. Why is it even there? But as I begin to study this, I realize why that question is there. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. So he's pulling together something here to start with. What do other people say? But he's he's coming to a point here. He goes, then he asks them, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And, And Simon Peter immediately answered, he said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. In other words... Jesus is saying, that's all fine and good what other people are saying about me. But from your experience, who am I? (laughs) From your experience, who am I? It's not what about other people are saying. Because he first threw that out there. Hey, what are other people saying about me? It was kind of cool and nice and everything. But really was, he was showing that, you know what, other people, but your experience is different. Because they're saying all these other things. They haven't spent time. Their experience with me hasn't been what yours is or has been. Who am I to you? (laughs) Who am I to you? Because he knows they've hung out with him and they've seen him perform miracles. They've seen him do all these incredible things. 
the care and concern and love for people and going and hanging out with all the wrong people, according to most. He saw them do all that stuff, and what he was doing was modeling to them what generation influence really is. Yes. <laughs> it's not about memorizing these 10 things that you can't do or should do or whatever, and then figuring it out later. And so verse 17, Jesus replied, because Peter was right on. He said, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, John because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. How did his Father in heaven reveal it to him? Through his experience with Jesus. He revealed it right through his son. You did not learn this from any human being. Somebody didn't sit you down and tell you these are the things that you need to know to be a good Christian. Yes. You learned it from personal experience. Yes. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you're Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Come on. He's talking to us today. When you have an experience with the creator of the universe and you actually experience what's going on and what we're seeing today happening with, with people are like, man, I, I just want to experience Jesus Christ. I just want to have that experience. This is what unlocks everything else for us. He goes, man, I, my life is, I'm throwing this thing open. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Come on now, you're hanging out with me, you're learning all about me. Yeah. I'm blessing you above all. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Come on, you have, you can declare whatever I've declared, you can declare it. Because you've experienced this. You've lived it. You've been it. Come on now. This was revealed to you because you hung out with me, not by something somebody told you. This is where we need to be today. Every generation, yes. every generation has to be at that place. My generation, the baby boomers, we can't just say, oh, shoot, sure wished I was, you know, I, I was born too early. I sure wished I could experience that. Like the generation now, they have so much more. I can. I'm alive today. If you're alive today, you can experience everything God has for you, and you should be able to experience with everyone around you. It's interesting because advertiser, advertisers, and you see them all the time, they're beginning to realize that you're not going to buy their stuff anymore just because they say you need it or it's good for you. This younger generation, they're just questioning like, I don't need that. I'm not going to fall for that. I'm, I'm not buying that just because they say I need it. it. used to be that's you'd see something advertised and you're going, man, I want that. And then see so you would, I don't think that's true anymore. I just think like, and so here we have the Costco, which is kind of patterned the Jesus pattern, what Costco had figured out. So they put, when you go in there, they put people there with food, with a little tray. When you watch an advertisement on TV, you don't experience the smells, the tastes, or anything, right? You don't. It's in a kind of just like, eh, whatever. You're walking by. If you're hungry or you're thirsty and there's something sitting on the tray, you're kind of like, yep. <laughs> and you experience something. You either hate it or, like me, you're just like, I don't even like that stuff. I'm not even going to try it, which is fine. But there's something that you grab, and if you have a great experience with that, you're going, oh, man, this is good. Honey, come here. Come here. Come here. Hey, pretend I didn't get one already. <laughs> and hey, lady, look over there. I, you know, no. And so there's this, man, when you're hungry, you're thirsty, and you walk by that product, there's an experience waiting to happen for you, and you grab that. 
You make a, a decision based on your experience whether you're going to go buy it from wherever they have it sitting on the shelf, right? They're going to sell way more of that stuff. You're going to buy way more of it if you experience it firsthand. Yeah. This is like how we experience Christ firsthand. We're going we're gonna to go on, hey, honey, come here. This Jesus guy is really good. He needs to be a part of your life too. Hey, friend, neighbor, That's right. come on, I, I've tasted. I've tasted this, and it is really good. It's really good. And you, and you begin to share your experience with others. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, this is a generation now that's tasted something and they're sharing their experiences with each other. And they're coming up with something going, you know what? I can live by this. I can live like this. I, I can accept whatever Christ has for me. I, I, I want to line up with that. It's based on my experience, not by somebody handing me a sheet of paper and said, you need to do this. Then kind of figure it out from there. Hey, these cookies are amazing. Hey, I just tasted the goodness of God, and it's amazing. Yes. And guess what? There's even a scripture in the Bible, yeah. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Come on now. We need to be tasting a little bit of Jesus and see what is good. I remember we were in Costco. I say Costco. I'm not trying to put an advertisement in, but most people go to Costco, but... We were looking, we were walking by this section that had these vacuum cleaner type thing. I don't even know what they're called. What is it? We have one now because of a shark or whatever it is. So, but we were standing there looking at them, and some people walked by and said, that's the best decision we ever made. That's the greatest purchase we ever We have one of those. You need one of those. <laughs> and they, they weren't, yeah, they weren't employees there. And two seconds later... Somebody else walks by and goes, hey, we just got one of those things. They're amazing. And I looked at Jane, because there's another brand sitting over here, and I'm looking at that one, looking at that one, and go, we're getting this one. <laughs> Somebody tasted it, and they like it. We're going to taste it. I use it as much as Jane does, probably. It, it works. Yeah, it's great. But that's kind of our experience type stuff that we have, and, and, and that's how I think that person that came, those people that came and said, hey, you need, to ta you need this. I think that's how our experience, yeah. how our faith works yeah. in sharing the goodness of God with others is because yeah. out of our experience, man, I've had this, and it, this is good, and, and you need to taste it too. Yeah. I'm just going to give you a, a list of the, I have listed one, two, three, four, five different generations, and then we're going to stop at that because I'm not going to go into any of that today, but just, I think we have it up on the, up on the screen, but... Those who were born prior to 1946 is the transitionalists or the silent generation. I don't know why it was called silent, but what did I say? Trans Traditionalists. That makes more sense. Traditionalists. So that's, if you were born before 1946, that's kind of the generation you are. Then we have the baby boomer, boomers, 1946 to 1964, and I, I've fallen into that one. And, and then you've got the generation X, 65 to 76. Some of you fall in there. Then the millennials or the gen, generation Y, they're uh, born in 1977, 1995. And I've heard so many people say, I hate the word millennials, don't call me that, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> they don't like it. Then there's this generation Z or the iGen or the centennials, they're born 1996 and they obviously, and I believe we'll talk about it, there's probably another generation popping up right now, a uh, transition generation that's coming. But anyway, I will just give... Um, as the worship team comes, I just want to give this one statement about a generation. So a generation is a group of people born around the same time and around, raised around the same place. 
people in this birth cohort exhibit similarly, similar characteristics, preferences, and values over their lifetimes. Now, here's something interesting. The Center for Generational Kinetics believes that generations are not a box. Instead, they are a powerful clues showing where to begin connecting with and influencing people of different ages. I like that. We connect, we're influencing, and it goes together with strengths. There's a big difference, we know, between generations, obviously. Linda, praise God. I just want to say, and I know you're headed out, and I didn't want to call you out, but it's so good to see you, and we've been praying for you, and it's so good to see you back in church. I know that you've been dealing with health issues and stuff, but praise God. We love you, and thank you for being here today. Now you can continue. <laughs> um, but each generation is different, but we, each generation brings strength. And so next week, I'm going to talk to us about a couple of really amazing people in the Bible, and we'll go from there. But this morning, I just wanted to share, I just felt like God just really wants us to grab a hold of something fresh and new, of experiencing Him, and not just something we've been told that we need to do. But it's an experience. Amen. So let's worship this morning as we conclude the service. And if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. Uh, rededicate your life to the Lord. If you've never accepted Christ, you need healing. We believe based on our experiences that God's a he in the healing business. He's in the saving business. And he wants you to hang out with him, to experience him for yourself personally. So let us pray for you this morning. Let's stand. We sing this song as we conclude this morning. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 